And you're listening to the Independence News Hour on WBAI Radio in New York. I'm John Tarleton, the ND's editor in chief. You can find our May print edition in our red and white news boxes across the city. You can also find us online at independent.org. That's I N D Y P E N D E N T dot O R G. NYC Pride's recent decision to ban contingents of cops from marching marching in their big annual parade has miffed the NYPD. Today, Mayor Bill de Blasio labeled the move a mistake. Getting the cops as well as corporations out of pride has been a central demand of the unabashedly left-wing reclaimed pride coalition since they started hosting their own queer liberation march in 2019. Joining us today to talk about the controversy around cops at pride and how things are looking for the 2021 queer liberation march is Jason Rosenberg of the of the Reclaim Pride Coalition. Jason, thanks for joining us on WBAI Radio. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. So uh, for starters, uh, can you give us your thoughts on uh, NYC Pride's uh, decision to to ban the cops and cop contingents until at least 2025 from marching in their parade? Yeah, so um, we see it as a, a step in the right direction, but we also see it as a step of not acknowledging the harm that Heritage of Pride, a.k.a. NYC Pride, has caused. Um, they have long um, uh, separated us from meetings, town halls, and other demands that we have made throughout the years. They erased that from their statement announcing this um, step in the right direction. They've also not acknowledged um, in 2017 that they arrested 12 protesters in NYC Pride in 2017. Um, they had to step forward and to build trust in community. They actually have to repair that harm before trying to accept the trust of community members. Why do you think they made this decision? I think that it was. Um, I think throughout the past year, there have been more and more demands, not just from us, but from other community-based organizations, such as Anti-Violence Project, which is a long historical LGBTQ plus organization. And they saw different demands coming in different directions. They had no, no other choice. I don't believe that Heritage of Pride would have made this decision without the demands of different organizations without the years of work of different organizers, including Reclaim Pride and other contingencies that are against cops um, joining in the parade as a whole. And what do you think the impact of this is, this sort of uh, public rebuke of the NYPD? Um, I I think it's showing that uh, that community is the only thing that keeps us safe, that solidarity between communities keeps us safe that we don't need um, the cops, we don't need the NYPD to keep our community safe, that we have the ability to, to rebuild and reclaim what community looks like. And, um, you know, there's a long, long history, even uh, a recent history of cops harming LGBTQ plus people. This has long happened even, you know, for, for why Stonewall even occurred, that was against police violence. And then we still see protests of protest and even communities um, across the New York City area that the NYPD still harms queer people. This has never changed and this will never change in New York City. And Mayor de Blasio and Goal and NYPD have to 
wake up and, and realize that, we're, you know, we're not going to rebuild trust. There's no reform that will save us, that we can only save us and we can only rebuild solidarity between each other. I'll also mention too, that there was a black queer man who was 32 years old, Kowalski Trawick. He was 32 years old and was killed in the Bronx by two NYPD police officers while he was in mental health stress. Um, this was in the past black year? Yeah, uh, well, no, this was actually in April 2019. Okay. But it was recently uh, shown that they did not get charged for his murder, the two cops, and they also didn't get any disciplinary leave uh, from his murder, too. So this is a really tangible thing that happened in our community that is being uh, completely silenced from Mary de Blasio and completely disregarded um, from the statement as well for the reason why cops should not be part of pride. Yeah. And, and just to go back into the past a little bit, um, you know, given the history of uh, pride be, uh, being rooted in the in the Stonewall uprising of 1969 against uh, police harassment and police violence uh, that was uh, initiated by, uh, I believe, two uh, uh, transgendered women. Um, how how did the cops later become a part of the Pride March? How did that even happen? That's actually a good question that I'm, I might not know all the answers to. But I think, you know, Goal, for instance, which is the Gay and Lesbian Officers League, uh, they did face um, some type of discrimination within the police force. And I think because of that, and I believe that was in the 80s or early 90s, um, I think that the the really moderate um, corporate pride that does happen and has happened um, kind of accepted them um, because of the, that discrimination. But, you know, as we say, um, all cops are not friends of queer people. It doesn't matter if they are, if they do identify as LGBTQ+, they're still part of the system that is oppressing queer people, predominantly black and brown queer and trans people across New York City and across the country. Right. And and, uh, speaking of that repression, uh, can you talk a little bit more about what happened at the end of last year's Queer Liberation March when people marched, uh, I think, from Foley Square up to Washington Square Park? Uh, this was in the weeks after the George Floyd, George Floyd murder in Minneapolis and all the protests that were going on last summer. Uh, we, we played a little clip of the confrontation that happened at the end when the police came charging into a peaceful crowd. But can you elaborate on that if, if you were there? Yes. Um, so basically, we we had a route that started, as you mentioned, in Foley Square, and we uh, marched to Washington Square Park. And actually at Washington Square Park, which unfortunately didn't get enough coverage, we had a black trans-led rally that was happening, speak out, and people were speaking of experience. We had um, Cayenne Dorsho there, we had Lala Zanel, we had black trans uh, leaders like uh, Sasha and Olympia Sudan. And this was all happening um, within the park, but then outside of the park, there was a complete escalation by NYPD cops that were happening right on the border um, of Washington Square Park. And there were arrests. There were uh, complete chaos because of the NYPD that wanted to disrupt our um, queer liberation march. And, and you know, I, I would also like to mention the title of last year's march. It was our second annual queer liberation march, but it was a police against police brutality and um 
against the police violence against black and brown lives. So this was, this was actually uh, intentionally focused on police violence. And it was also the 50th anniversary of the, the first 1970 uh, gay liberation pride that happened in 1970. So we are in a full circle of exactly what happened in 1970. You know, Stonewall happened in 1969, but this was the 50th anniversary of the 1971st Pride. So there was a lot of chaos, a lot of distress, a lot of trauma that happened. I mean, people and were pepper sprayed right in the eyes. People were shoved uh, violently exactly. to the ground. Exactly. And, and, and the footage I've seen, people seem to almost just sort of be having a festive time in the uh, street uh, right next to the park. It wasn't like there was like this building confrontation that sometimes happens at protests. It went kind of went from zero to 60 out of nowhere. Yeah. And I mean, that, that is what the NYPD, uh, that's tactically, tactically what they do. Um, they create chaos. They, um, they push people aside um, and they create this um, escalation that should never be happening. Um and that's that's what happened last year. And we are preparing um, to make sure that we are safe and that we are secure with our marshals and with solidarity for this year's march, um, because this is what we were, as you mentioned, deeply rooted on. Um, even before the first queer liberation march in 2019, as I mentioned, we had multiple and multiple meetings with Heritage of Pride. We had town halls where we spoke about experience, people who are disabled, people that were black and brown. And we decided that the only way that we're going to reclaim pride is if we actually created it and reclaimed it. So this is what we're seeing in our third year. And we're really excited to take the streets again. You're right. Is there any, anything else you want to uh, uh, tell our listeners about uh, this year's uh Queer Liberation March, uh, how they can get involved or find more information and also what the route will be? Of course. So um, our march this year is on Sunday, June 27th. Um, we're meeting at Bryan Park at 2.30 p.m. And then we're taking off, meaning that we're, we're going to leave Bryan Park at 3 p.m. And our destination is Washington Square Park once again. It is a really important space and, uh, you know, physical space for the queer community. And we're going to gather there for a rally that we're, we're planning. It's going to be great. So uh, we invite everyone um, and we we would like everyone to spread the word. Um, this is this is what we're moving forward. We think that Heritage of Pride has outlived their time. We're now in our third year and we have uh, two marches under our belt. We have over 50,000 people at each march and we're we're growing and we're building. So we're excited to see you all there. Great. And, and what's, what's the website that people could find out more info? Yeah, so you could uh, re- uh, reach us at reclaimpride.org, and you could also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Queer March. So at Queer March. Fantastic. Well, Jason Rosenberg, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us this evening on the Independent News Hour. Awesome. Thank you so much, John.